Hello, and welcome to the Flip and Shift podcast. My name is Julie Walls. This podcast was based on the Flip and Shift's tagline, flipping your thinking to then shifting your behavior. The Flip and Shift podcast focuses on temperament to then how we evolve in our thinking to which influences our behaviors. We create belief systems throughout life, which affects the outcomes in our lives. Did you know that you can reprogram these belief systems? To produce the outcomes you so desire. No matter what you're dealing with, there will always be a solution for you. So, this podcast should give you some hope. Yay! With each episode, we'll be chatting with leading experts in the field that have overcome struggles of their own. They found their way to overcome areas in their lives that needed focus and are now actually helping others to find their way. We all have a story to share. Let's learn from our past to change our future, and most importantly, inspire and help others along the way. If you are wanting to feel empowered, inspired, and are ready to make those changes in your life, you are subscribed to the right podcast. And hey, thank you so much for your support. Now, grab your favorite drink or snack, turn up the volume, kick back, and enjoy this chat. Hey, everybody, we are live. Yay, 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 yay. Hi, you guys. My name is Julie Walls. I'm with The Flip and Shift. Um, We have an awesome podcast episode today. And also, we're live streaming, which is super exciting. And I have an awesome coach coming on to share her story. I'm super excited about this today's episode and connecting with Jennifer Chapman. But first and foremost, I want to let you guys know we have another uh, chat coming up tomorrow, which is February 18th at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time with Barbie Liss. She's a maternal empowerment and restorative justice advocate. So we'll have a really interesting chat. We're going to talk about um, just some of the things that she's gone through, some struggles that she's had to deal with with her with her child, and then how she helps others and inspires others to connect with that self-healing piece. So you guys tune in tomorrow again on Facebook live streaming, but also you'll be able to catch our podcast episode with the launch with the Flip and Shift podcast launch. So let's get right into it. We are here with Jennifer Chapman. She's the founder of Just Commit Coaching. She's a personal coach. She's a personal coach working with clients to help them foster personal growth, building confidence and empowering oneself to overcome self-blocks and self-limitations, all right? So Jennifer has a really unique story of her own. She's a stroke survivor. So those folks that have experienced or have um, witnessed such a devastating of, of, you know, health type crisis, such as a stroke, she shares how she overcame this health crisis in her life. And now she's really doing an awesome job helping others overcome some of the, the obstacles that they face once they get um, hit with this, this significant change in their life. And, um, she's been featured in so many different cool, um, expos such as the New York weekly post it's Jennifer Chapman overcomes tragedy and supports for stroke survivors. And that's by Ryan Pierre. I think I pronounced that right with the New York weekly. She's also been featured on the badass Phoenix podcast You guys, I highly recommend subscribing to that. It's really cool, uh, a really cool podcast. And then also she's been pretty frequent on the Recovery After Stroke podcast. So please check those two podcasts out. All right, you guys, without further ado, I'm going to interview, introduce Jennifer Chapman from Just Commit Coaching. Hey, Jennifer, how are you? Can you hear me? I'm doing so well, Julie. Thanks so much for having me. 
Oh, you were. Oh my gosh. No, the pleasure is all mine. I'm so excited for you being here. I know it's been a little, a little while coming. Um, I just think your story is so inspiring and so unique. And I'm just excited to, to talk with you about it today. Where are you, where are you out of? Where are you like located in the United States? Yeah, I am born and raised and still living around all I've been all over Indianapolis. my whole life. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I'm a, I'm a Midwestern, so I'm from Illinois. So we're just kind of like buddies or whatever. We're next door neighbors, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. All right. So I want to know a little bit about your backstory and I'm sure my followers want to know, tell us a little bit about your childhood growing up, kind of give us a little bit of insight to you. Yeah. So I had a, by all definitions, a, a picture perfect childhood, um, you know, from up to, well, and we'll talk about it up to, to age 11. But I mean, I, I had, you know, loving parents. I had supportive grandparents on both sides that would always come to, you know, games and recitals. And, you know, I had a huge support, you know, system and crowd at everything I participated in. And, um, yeah, just had a fun, a fun childhood. Like an, My cousin, like an I, brother, you know. Yeah, an ideal childhood, right? Yeah, just kind of yeah. chugging along. And I, I want to make note um, to, to some of our, to our followers. Um, Jennifer and I have a pretty, I, I, I always try to find unique connections or unique comparisons to our life stories. And a couple of the things that, came to my attention was we both experienced loss at an early age. We both had to deal with grief and, and all the emotions surrounding grief in our immediate family. And I know that you've been impacted by that at an early age. And I I read on Ryan's um, interview that it kind of started at the age of 11. Can you kind of share a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, two weeks before I was going into sixth grade, um, you know, we were hosting a family cookout. Everything was great. Um, you know, after dinner, my mom kind of disappeared for a little while and, and, um, you know, was, was in the bedroom and my dad went to check on her and she had passed out. Um, but we don't know from what, right. We just, she was just on the ground on the floor. So, um, called, called 911, you know, my brother and I went to my grandparents' house and, um, the rest of my family went, went to the hospital and, and that was on a Saturday night. And, uh, by Monday morning at 6am, my, my dad came to inform us that she didn't make it. She oh, passed. Wow. wow. The whole so life changed like that. like that. Just an instant, your whole entire at 11 years old. And I, you know, and I talk about this a lot at 11, we're not right there in that abstract thinking yet. We're still in that. It is what it is. If I say the sky is blue or, you know, or purple, I I look and go, Oh yeah, I don't want to question it. So now we're at 11 years old. We're kind of starting to, to kind of understand and grasp the idea of feelings and loss and everything. How did this like I just want to know, like, what changed in your world? Like what, I mean, I'm sure everything changed. Share a little bit more about that. Everything changed. Um, <laughs> everything changed. You know, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more thankful at, you know, the support that I had from both sides of my grand, you know, of grandparents yeah. that mm-hmm. had to kind of take us in mm-hmm. while my dad is still trying to work full time and take care of my brother and I, but, you yeah. know, getting to school and getting home from school and, you know, 
um, taking us to our sports thing still and really trying to keep the flow. Normalization, um, right? Keeping it normal. Yeah. As we're yeah. still trying to grieve. Um, so right. my dad did the best he could with what he, with what he had and what he knew. And um, I mean, I can tell you that, you know, we tried going to church for a while after that. That mm-hmm. didn't resonate with me at the time. Um, mm-hmm. We tried therapy. That didn't resonate with me at the time. I know he was just trying to do all the things, but, but I mm-hmm. think for us, it was just um, time. And for me personally, I, I took my, all my feelings and emotions and anger out in the form of athletics and sports. Yeah. And so yeah, I, 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 I read that. Playing t- yeah, you, you were a stellar tennis player, right? I wouldn't call it that, but I was, I was, I was all in for, for the next seven years. I mean, I played year round. I, I was in tournaments all the time, you know, uh, traveling for it. I was always on the court for sure. So do you, so I just personally want to ask, so do you think you took kind of all this emotional chaos? That's what I call it, right? We go through this, a massive change in our family and then really don't know how to compartmentalize it. We don't know how to deal with it. And then for you, and I'm assuming this probably speaks a bit to your temperament. I talk about temperament a lot on my podcast, but it it speaks to you that you took everything that you were dealing with and kind of took that aggression, that emotional anger that you were feeling and, and physically went and threw it into goal setting. Right. And then obviously becoming an athlete. And then that translated over into your professional career, correct? That's right. So, and I know that's another similarity that you and I have, right? So we took, um, kind of, yeah, I wasn't an athlete. I'll be honest with you. I mean, it wasn't my thing. I was not talented in that regard, but I, I know that I took everything that I had and threw it into my professional development. I wanted to be this. I wanted to make the most money. I wanted to be the, the number one sales marketing person. Is that similar to what you did and kind of talk a little bit more about your professional career? 100%. I knew, Mm -hmm. I knew as a kid, you know, playing sports, I was super competitive and then dealing with, you know, the healing and therapy process and, and putting it out all on the court. And I knew I was competitive, but I, I didn't know then, um, like I do now looking back that it was, it was a lot of anger and hate mm-hmm. on the court and it was never against my competitors, but man, you know, when I lost it, I did not take that well. And I just thought it was cause I lost and I didn't like to lose, but it was much more than that. And then, yeah. you know, transitioning into the professional realm years later, I handled the emotional part well, but it was still that competitive piece that I wanted to win every, every incentive Mm -hmm. that they put out on the, you know, on the table, every trip, Mm -hmm. every, you know, cash offering that they had, it was like, I'm going to do everything I can to, to win that. Yeah, absolutely. So then as you were in your professional career, right. And you were out there just driving their business and doing what you were doing every day, um, to be a success. And then all of a sudden, um, things happen at 34, right? Like it, your world changed at 34, your world changed at 11. And then again, you got rocked at 34. Now I also want to point out a similarity there (laughs) is that we both were tenacious badasses in our professional worlds. Right. And we, we were going after the gold and then all of a sudden, you know, at, I don't want to say that's not even really midlife in our thirties, we get knocked back with a significant health crisis. I want to understand 
what happened for you at 34? And if you could explain a little bit about the change, what happened for you and, and how you moved through it. Yeah. So I must say, like I had hit the pinnacle of, of sales as I turned 34. I had just hit president's club for my company, which I knew was a huge accomplishment. And I wanted oh, yeah. to feel elated. Yeah. And so excited. And I did. But when I turned 34, I just had this epiphany, like, oh my gosh, my mom was 34 when she passed away. Yeah, like that is, yeah. that is so young. I still feel so young. Right. And I still have so yeah. much I want to do and see and be. And then nine months later, still at 34, out of nowhere, yeah, I, I suffered a stroke. It's freaking crazy. <laughs> that is freaking crazy at 34 crazy. years old. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's the other thing I want to point out is, and some of us really don't recognize this. So similar connection with you in regards to this. So my grandmother died at about 40-ish years old from a lot of brain type stuff happening. And growing up, and I don't know if this directly correlates with you, but I feel like it's an intrinsic subconscious thing that's in the back of our minds. That my grandmother was... um, she looked a lot like me. I, apparently I, I didn't know her. Um, but you know, everybody would talk about how that we kind of were similar types of people. Um, I looked like her. So in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, even growing up, maybe I'm going to have the same outcome outcome as my grandmother. And lo and behold, I got hit with all the things brain that she dealt with. And then I was in a state of panic and shock. So you get hit with this insane health crisis, such as a stroke. And then you, you have to have gone through all the emotions of like, Oh shit, I'm shocked. I just, this just happened to me. This happened to my mother. And I, there's, there's this whole idea of I'm not going to be normal again, or maybe I won't even make it. Did you have that? Did you deal with that? You know, it's crazy. The first several months after that piece of my brain didn't work like that. I saw from the outside, everybody else's response to it and emotion and, you know, questioning it and and all of that. I saw all of that, but I, I myself did not respond that way. And I'm honestly thankful for that Mm -hmm. as I was trying to physically recover. I mean, I was going through all the, you know, the PT, the OT, the speech. Can I ask you, do you think that was a protection, like a way that your brain was protecting yourself from actually, it's almost like I, I call it like going numb or a, a way to kind of just deal with what's happening right now. Do you think that happened for you? I totally do. Actually, when you put it okay. that way, yeah, it totally protected me and allowed me to do what I needed to do physically first. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you were kind of on your way with PT and, and I, I want to make note, I mean, you're relatively, to me, you look fantastic. You look great. Do you have physical deficits? Yeah. Do you have physical deficits? Nothing, nothing physical. If you saw me walking down the street, you would never know I've had a stroke. Okay. I'm blessed in that regard. The the Mm -hmm. deficits I have, no one sees. Right. Right. And I, can I point out also, that's a very similar thing that we both experienced. I would, I got sick. Um, and just a lot of people know I had Lyme and mold. I got diagnosed with genetic disorders, everything under the freaking sun and people would, and I was down to under a hundred and it was like, Oh, you don't look sick. 
even though I couldn't remember my kids' names, right? So um, how did you walk through that piece? I mean, how did you start to navigate through the emotional piece of this? Hmm. Sorry, it's a heavy question. Yeah. No, you're good. Okay. It's continued, you know, therapy for me to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but that was by far my hardest part. It was, it was at the mm. one year mark of like my mm. one year anniversary, which my four years is coming up March 30th. But at the one year mark, I had an appointment with my neurologist and yeah. I was a bawling disaster in her office. And okay. she's like, what's wrong with you? What's the matter? Like it's, an, you know, it's a doctor. So she's like, mm-hmm. can I prescribe you something? And I'm like, right. no, I, I'm not there yet but I probably think talking to someone would be good. She's like, okay, let me send you, you know, let me recommend a therapist. So that's what I tried first. I had seen two different therapists had done a couple sessions, but I felt like I was walking in emotionally drained already. And I'd Mm -hmm. sit there and we would just dive so deep into my past and talking about the, the problems without solutions. And I walked out of there more emotionally drained. I mean, I, I just could not get it together. And I'm like, I don't want to feel this way. This is not my goal here. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's, that's when I was referred to a life coach. Awesome. Awesome. So then what were some light bulbs? Well, okay. Let's, let's back up a bit. And when we, when you first went through this process and then you, you got referred to a life coach and at this stage now, were you kind of accepting this piece where a lot of people that go through such a significant health crisis, they're like, shit, this is my new norm. Were you there yet? Yeah. Or did you have, did you, did you have to get there through the life coach? I truly got there with the life coach. I mean, okay. from 12 to 18 months, I was what I felt extremely mentally and emotionally unstable. And mm-hmm. also I didn't have the answer to my stroke yet. So for the first year and a half, I'd gone from specialist to specialist and we were ruling out a lot of things like, okay, your heart looks good. Okay. Let's, let's take 30 vials of blood from you. Okay. We don't really mm-hmm. see anything there. I mean, a little bit, we, we tweaked a couple things, every specialist you can think of, I'd gone to in the MRIs and the CT scans. And it wasn't until the 18 month mark that she threw a Hail Mary before sending me the Mayo Clinic was my next step. But we did an angiogram, which lights up the inside of your, your blood vessels. And she had found a small tear in the back of my neck and the vertebral artery. Wow. That's what caused it. And it, and it took, yeah. let me, let me repeat that 18 months. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I didn't know that I was defining anxiety the way I was then in that moment. Bingo. So for me, for me, what I see with folks that have had significant health crises or crises, and then they, they, they go from specialist to specialist to specialist, which I, I also did right. Another, another connection there. Um, I do yeah. just like you emotionally became insanely agoraphobic, fearful, scared, thinking I'm incapable, thinking I'm I'm failing at everything that I'm trying and that PTSD kicks in. Do you feel connected to that? Do you think there was starting when you started emotional, the emotional processing, right? Did you, were you ever diagnosed with PTSD? I was not diagnosed with it. No, but I, it was not until 
working with my life coach that I could really wrap my head around and control the emotional yes. side of, of accepting this new normal and really grieving my old self. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this is what I, I, I want to dive a little deeper into, and I know we're going off, off the thing here, but I just want to talk about this, this acceptance of new normal. And I know that this is where a lot of people are and they never get out of it. Right. They're just stuck in that. This new, I can't accept it. Right. So what did it take? I know you worked with your life coach, but what did it take for you to get into that acceptance stage. What can, I mean, I'm sorry if I'm, that's kind of coming out of left field, but can you speak to that? Yeah, there, there are two things that resonated with me probably during our first or second session. And it's, it took me a while to understand what she was saying. But once I did, those were my light bulb moments. And one was when she asked me, did you ever ask yourself why you? And I'm like, no, I never said, why me? Why is this happening to me? I, I didn't process it that way. Even though I heard my family and friends, of course, say it. Like, I can't believe this happened to this, you know, our friend or our our daughter or our niece that is perfectly healthy, worked out all the time. We have no family history. She doesn't have high blood pressure. She doesn't smoke. I mean, there were no red flags, but she looked at me and she said, why not you? Yeah. And I'm like, I just remember crying at the moment she said that, but after a while, it's like, yeah, why not me? Why? I, I, I can handle this. I'm, I'm overcoming this. I am. It's taken me almost four years to say like, thankful that this happened to me because it's been so empowering and it doesn't define me, but it was definitely a definable moment, you know, to really take who I am to the next level and take this new version of me to the next level. Yes. Oh my gosh. And, and I hate to say it, but that, that sheer will that we have, that we instinctively have, some of us give up way too soon, but we all have that will, right. To find that empowerment piece and dig deeper. And then also look, I think you probably were like, how is this emotionally? how did this emotionally, this emotional piece have anything to do with my, my stroke or recovery, everything that, but it was the defining piece, right. For you to start moving 100%. towards. Yeah. To start moving towards the things that you're doing today, which I want to talk about because I think what you're doing is phenomenal. Like, and, and how you're putting and sharing your story. And, and I get that it takes some people are like, so discouraged, like, oh, this should only take me two years to get back, you know, doing normal things right. or being normal. Right. But for you, you know, and for myself, it, it takes time, right? Because you're digging through all that crap and we, and trying to figure out all these emotions and, and what's connected to this and, and, and how to overcome. And I want to hear how this whole experience led you into what you're doing today? Again, it was my life coach. She, I worked with her for probably eight months and, mm-hmm. you know, towards the end, I was still working through finding the confidence in mm-hmm. me and who I am and the belief in me, but man, she believed in me so much. And she would just sit at our sessions and say, you're going to be a coach one day. It's just a matter of when you're ready. Yeah. You let me know when you're ready and we'll talk about it. Yes. And I just thought then like, I'm not ready for that yet. Um, So I stepped out of corporate sales. I'm I'm in home health now, which has been a really nice transition to to work with with families and 
getting care for their loved ones. Um, but through quarantine, it's also allowed me to dig deeper into my transformational and development and growth work to mm-hmm. pursue my own coaching business to now want to help others that, that have been where you and I've been. Right. Cause I mean, obviously you, you have this story and it really changed your life. And then you're looking at, at, okay, well, I want to keep going. I've got all this rest of my life to do something amazing with it. And, and then on top of that, I think the bravest thing, honestly, I just want to point this out to you. And I wrote that down when we first chatted was that, that, that willingness, because a lot of people are scared to put their story out there. Right. And to talk about, you know, weaknesses or whatever, because, you know, everybody thinks, oh, you see that person and they, you don't think they've ever dealt with anything. And then, oh, they look at you and they think, oh, she, she had a stroke. Oh yeah, no way. She looks like she's got it all figured out. Right. She had that stroke and she was like, brush it off, walk away from it. Yeah. No, you had to right, right. And I think you had to go through that dark, deep, deepest, darkest moment in your life to really find that inspiration, that empowerment to, to want to put it out there and share with others. And I'm telling you, even if we only, like I said, if, if we only connect, connect with two people today, right? It's those two people that need to hear that you're that hope rope, right? Which is super powerful and kudos to you for being brave to putting your information out there. That's one of the hardest things to do. Right? Thank you so much. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is, it is. But, but yeah. since I've done that over these last probably eight months or so, the response has been so positive and yep. Even if they're not, you know, potential clients that I'm going to be working with, that if something I said resonated with them in any way that they can take something away from and implement that into their life, like that's, that's what inspires me. And I know yeah, and, it's just, and I jump into that and I want you to speak to that person. And I think this is important. I want you to, and I want to talk about your coaching process and everything. I want you to speak to that person that's right here with us right now. And they're, they just got slapped in the face with a devastating stroke or, you know, a heart heart attack that didn't take them out or, you know, a cancer diagnosis or whatever, whatever significant, you know, moment in their life. And they think that they, they're never going to get back to the way they were. Right. Or they're going to have to figure out this new norm in their life. Speak to those folks. What advice could you give them? What, what do you, what, what can you share? First that it, it's going to be okay. Um, you have to give yourself time and patience and grace to get through it, but you, you cannot do it alone and everybody needs somebody. And I say, I say that. I have a fantastic husband. I have, I have a wonderful family and I have the most supportive friends and they're, they're great when I need just a listening ear, but reaching out to someone like Des was who I needed, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to offer this unbiased judgment and opinion, but just teaching me and showing me the way of let's accept where you are. And I want to help you move forward. And to that person, they just have to want it bad enough to, to take that first step. Yes, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about, cause I want to transition into your coaching uh, process or who you, the type of person that you work with. Can you explain um, kind of like your, your client, who do you work with? 
Ideally, I'd like to work with women that are in their 20s to 40s. I'm happy to work with men. Not a lot of men, you know, reach out and want that 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 right. coach in their in their life. Right. Um, so women, you know, I resonate with with 20s to 40s that have that are trying to overcome the mental and emotional challenges of potentially a life changing event in their life, and they just feel stuck, and they're looking to potentially redefine their their purpose, regain their confidence, and step into their full potential. Awesome. Well, and let me, I, we could do a whole nother show on this, but I want to point out one yeah. little thing is that I have the same thing. I have, um, I had two male clients reach out to me and I think it's fascinating because it's almost like we need more, we do need more male coaches because maybe they'd feel more comfortable to go to a male coach, but it's really interesting because I was just thinking in the back of my head, aren't they, the, there's a higher percentage of men that have stroke and heart attacks, right? And deal with some significant life altering, devastating, hits you all at once, you know, health crisis. And I feel like it, I always say it's like brewing under the surface, right? It's, it's brewing there. And so I just want to, I just thought that was interesting and we could talk, we could talk a whole nother episode about that. But yeah, I think, you know, I wish men, would feel more, would feel comfortable enough to ask for help, get the help that they need because men deal with grief, men deal with loss, men deal with perfectionistic and, you know, tendencies and everything else. I have a husband, I see it, you know, they don't ask for, you know, I'm like, we're lost, ask for directions. Oh, I'm not asking for directions, but I do want to speak to those men that are tuning in, right? Right. That are tuning in, ask for help. We're here for you. Jennifer's here for you. She's walked the walk, right? She, she's going to understand regardless of her sex, right? (laughs) So that's right. I I love that you pointed that out. Okay. I'm going to ask you some, just some fun questions. What inspires you? The people that have reached out or just that I've had these such powerful connections with at this point, virtually, and to hear the stories in their lives that they've overcome the resilience they have, the determination to know, man, we're, we're not alone in doing this and we're not comparing each other, you know, with our stories by any means, but Mm -mm. each story I hear of, of, you know, these people that have gone through such traumatic events and they've come out on the other side, this better version of themselves. That's, that's inspiring, no doubt. And I want to continue to offer that to my clients that want that too. Yes. Yes. Awesome. I love that. What are you most proud of? My recovery. I mean, my stroke recovery and not just from the physical standpoint, but more importantly, it's taken me, like I said, it'll be four years next month. And just the mental and emotional strength that I have created for myself. Yeah. I'm really proud of that. You should be. You should be. It's awesome. So what do you think Thank you. is your greatest contribute? Of course. What do you think is your greatest contribution or gift that you give to the community or the, the people that you work with and inspire? I, my strength is, one of my strengths is, is to be able to build that, that relationship and connection and trust with someone mm-hmm. so that they feel comfortable and open enough to share with, with what's going on in their lives. And that's whether I was in corporate sales, you know, with my team, 
people I meet just standing in line, you know, grabbing my coffee, whatever it is. It's amazing. I guess the, the vibe that I can put off that, that is, I wanted to feel trusting that they feel when they walk away, like, man, I feel better after talking to her. Yeah. You know what I will tell you just for me alone, you have a warmth. I don't know what that is. Right. It's just, it's just, as soon as I, I, I saw you or listened to your podcast, I hear your voice. It's very well thought out. It's very, it's, it seems very compassionate, very caring. It's just an overall vibe of warmth. I, I just want to see, was your mother warm? Was your father pretty warm? Where did you get there? Is it just who you are? I just want to throw that out there. I'd like to say it's a combination from both of them. I mean, my mom was like everybody's friend, PTA president, you know, on, in all the meetings was part of my Girl Scouts. I was a Brownie actually. Um, I was friends with, you know, yeah. Right. But just friends with everybody. So she, everybody knew her. And so I definitely feel like I get that from him or from her, from my dad. I get more of the keeping things light if I can with the wittiness and dry sense of humor yeah. definitely helps get you through. And do you, are you, are you pretty, are you like organized like him? Is he pretty meticulous and, you know, focused on the process? Is, is that, are you like that as well? You seem like that. That's why I wanted to point that out. Oh man. Yeah. Tell your friends that. Um, yeah. I am not as much as I want to be in and, and <laughs> That was never my, my strength per se, but I will tell you after the stroke, it's, it's less and less in the sense, like cognitively I'm a, it's, um, I struggle a little bit with very, very short-term things. So Mm -hmm. like, and it's okay to not be a multitasker to those people out there that think that they can, because you can't give all those tasks a hundred percent. So really it's, it's embracing that piece of it and being okay that I can't remember this, this, and this, or I was supposed to do this, or I put this where and forgetting that I did that. So I, it's something I work on every day. Yeah. But I, I think you're doing awesome. I just want to throw that out at at you, but I do think it's, I I just, I always try to ask like what if, because temperament kind of carries down, it's a DNA thing. So I just, I, I always ask like, where do you get your like un- unconscious or subconscious behaviors. And when I point out warmth, I'm like, who does that come from mom or dad? And so I always think, well, mom's coming through you, which is really a special thing. So I just wanted to point that out to you. <laughs> okay. Um, that means often- a whole- Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So oftentimes we begin to walk through this process of healing, which so overwhelming, but a lot of times people get stuck or they begin to feel hopeless. And I know that, you know, you were walking through the, that, that healing process. Number one, did you experience that? And number two, what advice can you give to those folks that are dealing with that? I've definitely been there. Um, I mean, I remember it was, I remember, like I said, about 14, 15 months after, and I'm still doing corporate sales. And I, and I had my VP coming over to ride with me for the day. And I was thinking, I know I need to have my act together and, you know, have our day planned out. And we went to one place and I literally sat in the car and cried to her for two hours straight and just talked through everything I was feeling and and to have her compassion and her support and saying, 
you got to take care of you, whatever that looks like mm-hmm. and allowing that, me that in that space that I was in, um, it meant more than she could ever, ever know. So yeah. for others out there that, that are in that space, it's okay. Yeah. But, but take the first step, reach out to someone, like I said, and yeah. have them hold your hand, like ask for what you need, ask for help realize you don't want to be in this place anymore. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I talk to my clients about, okay, if you're stuck, if you're spinning your wheels, you need to stop reframe. What do you need? What do you need in that moment? So that's exactly, exactly the right message to give. Um, Thank you. So lastly, I just want to say, if you had a message to share with folks that have recently experienced a health crisis, life crisis, they feel lost, scared, shocked, hopeless, going through the motions, they're there. And just like what I, what I asked previously, is there any other things that you would, would say to them or what would, what would you tell them? You're speaking to them right now. What would you say? I would ask, I I always used to hear the phrase, your cup is either half empty or half full. Mm-hmm. But I guess I've come to the realization that your cup is always full, but your cup could be full of emptiness, doubt, shame, sadness, depression. And if it is, we need to learn how to dump that out and pour in what you need Mm -hmm. to, to be your best self to then have to serve the other people or want to serve others that are, that are around you, whether that's your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, your friends, your cup has to be full first. So self-care, like I, like I said, in a a presentation I gave this morning, self-care is essential. It's not selfish. It's, it's absolutely necessary. So whatever that is, not just from a physical standpoint, but emotional, spiritual, mental, you know, whether it's, it's deep breathing for five minutes or an actual meditation or reading something inspiring for 15, 20 minutes, practicing gratitude, Let's break down your day because sometimes those small things, those small things in your day become the big things to get you through the day. Yep. Absolutely. It's true. And and the more practice you get, I mean, the more you feed your mind with the positivity and the more you think about it, the more positive things are going to happen for you. Yeah. That alignment piece, huge, huge. Awesome. Huge. So I have a question for you. If someone would want to work with you, what is what's the absolute best way that they can go about working with you? So reach out to me via, they can shoot me an email at Jennifer mm-hmm. at just commit coaching.com. Okay. And let's set up a, a complimentary, a complimentary connection call. I want to, I want to learn about you. I want to hear more and, yeah. and how I can help you or are we meant to work together? So definitely shooting in me an email, connecting with me on Instagram at just commit coaching. Okay. Send me a message on there. I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's been a powerful um, platform for me because there's lots mm-hmm. of professionals out there that everybody's everybody goes through something. So connect with me on there and in and, and Facebook. I mean, I, I've just my personal page. I, I do a lot just from my personal page these days. So connect with right. me. Yeah, she's got a great Facebook page. You guys tune in um, and I'll make sure to post all of her information. So all you have to do is click on her link. Um, but I also know that number one, obviously she had a speaking engagement this morning, so she's available 
for speaking engagements and you did an awesome job. Where, where exactly did you, was this a, a conference that people can access or can you explain a little bit about more your, a, a little bit more about what you did this morning? Yeah, it was a, I've done a great job. I feel like of connecting locally here in Indianapolis with certain networking groups. Okay. So this one was called linking indie women's group and okay. there's about 150 professionals, um, women around the city of Indianapolis, and they, they host a guest speaker every month to share their story and what they've overcome and kind of what they're doing now and how to connect. And, um, so I was able to do that this morning, which was really powerful. So lots of local opportunities here right now is what I've been doing. But as I grow this, this business, I'm definitely open to, to other opportunities in more, you know, regional or or national type settings. Yes. Yes, I would love that. And I'll be totally your supporter. So you let me know and I, I will be there. Okay, so you were talking a bit, I know earlier when we chatted on soology. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Am I saying it right? Correct. And and it's releasing this upcoming summer because I want people to know number one, how to connect with you, how to get your coaching services, how to collaborate with you. And if anything that's coming out, I want them to, to be aware of it. So you have Soology and it's it's a book, correct? And are you part of the book or is it your book? Can you speak a little bit about that? I am just one author in that book. So there's 20 of us from all over the world that have been asked to, to really share our story within a chapter of that book. And it will, yeah, like I said, it'll be published this summer. So, so in every story is different. So, you know, one of those stories the goal is to resonate with someone out there with regards to what we as women have gone through and, yeah. and how we've gotten to the other side. So super excited to see what this looks like. This is kind of my first publishing opportunity. So, um, awesome. yeah, awesome. I'm pretty proud of it. You should be. That's amazing. So it's going to be available this summer, Thank right? You. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So it's available this summer. And then you also, like you mentioned, it's www dot just j u s t commit c o m m i t coaching dot com. You're going to have a eight week hybrid course, correct? Coming up, right? It has okay. not launched yet, but it will here in the next thirty days. Where awesome, you'll work with me. Yeah, they'll work with me once a week, and then in between sessions, there will be a worksheet or an exercise or something to do to kind of implement mm-hmm. what we're what I'm, I'm coaching them through, what I'm helping them with and just giving them those tools and resources, um, for after we're done to take with them and and utilize in their life. Awesome. Yay. And then also, of course, like she mentioned, there's a free complimentary connection call with Jennifer to kind of see if Jennifer's the right fit and how you guys can work together moving forward. I, I'm just really impressed by you, like insanely impressed. I want to make sure that there's no questions. Um, I'm going to check it out real quick on our page. Give me just a second. As of right now, I'm not seeing any questions from folks, but who's to say that they won't have questions unless you're saying it. <laughs> I think my Facebook page is on a delay timer. I'm not a hundred percent, but if you have questions, if people have questions, yeah, mine's on a time on a delayed timer. So if they do have questions for you, you're available via Facebook, 
Instagram as well, I know, and on LinkedIn. And then of course you can directly email her through her website. I'm just so impressed by you. Like I said, your, your story, I couldn't wait to chat with you today. Um, you're just such an inspiration and I don't know. I just hope we stay connected and we can maybe do this again one day. (laughs) Oh, I would, I would absolutely love that. You're an inspiration yourself. And I, I commend you for the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. And again, as you know, it's, out of sheer, just unfortunate situations in life that you deal with. And then you're like, okay, how am I going to take all this crap that I went through and navigate it through and do something amazing with it? And this is kind of what I'm trying to do. So I appreciate, absolutely appreciate your support, your willingness to come on here. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. It's, it's been a true honor to speak with you. Yeah. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm going to, you guys, as you know, this will be available for replay, but this also will be available on the Flip and Shift podcast episodes. So tune in, subscribe. And again, I just want to thank my friend here, Jennifer Chapman, and I wish wish her all the best. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you so much, Julie. Bye-bye. Wow. What a great episode and a special thank you to our expert today. I hope today's episode inspired you, empowered you, and gave you some hope today. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. Cheers, my friend. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, review, or even share this podcast to someone who needs hope and inspiration. You can connect with me at www.flipinshift.com. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and even Clubhouse at Flip in Shift. Please join me next time for another expert chat or survivor talk.